шерешеньку на дворі, там не стояв із милою до зорі. Черешенька щей, хай! Черешенька прийметься, а милая за другими дивиться. Черешенька щей, хай! Черешенька прийметься, а милая за другими дивиться. Ой, ходив він із милою лісочок, Виплітав її з фіялок віночок. А тепер куди піду, лише з верби лист знайду, І ще її я любити не буду. А тепер куди піду, лише з верби лист знайду, І ще її я любити не буду. band from Edmonton from their new CD they released uh, going on a couple of years now and that song was Cherashenka, the Cherry Tree. Dobry večer, šenovni radio suhači, ta vitaju vas vsih na radio peredaču naš holos radio Krinskoho Korinja, katera podjeci vam na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB Pri mikrofoni povinama kori djakuju što rišale per buta zimnoju na stupnu hodinu. Hello there and welcome to Naš Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paulette Demchuk-McQuarrie, Pukadinska Pavlina, and I am delighted to have you with me. We've got a great program lined up for you. Uh, we've got Ukrainian Jewish Heritage in Part 2 in our series on banknotes of Israel and Ukraine featuring prominent Jewish Ukrainians. As well, we have an interview with Jean Berezovsky and a bit of an announcement about uh, something coming up on a regular basis here on the show. So stay tuned for that. Jean Berezovsky is with Ukraine War Amps, based out of Toronto. As well, we've got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And we started out with a song about a cherry tree. They're in bloom, of course, all over the um, West Coast here. And so here is another song about cherry trees and blossoms and very seasonal. Dunai from Toronto with a song about a budding romance under the cherry tree. Oi Pidvishneyu. Oi Pidvishneyu, Pidjerishneyu, Soyo Staris Molotoyu, Yakis Yahodoyu, Soyo Staris Molotoyu, Yakis Yahodoyu, Yiprusilasya, Yimolihilasya. Старики, дуна, улицу, похуяй, 
to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ChochenkoFoundation.com. Воробей не пи, а воробей не пи. А в 
korobejka, żyta korobejka, oj, oj, żyta korobejka. Nie ma komu jest, żinka maleńka, oj, oj, żinka maleńka, oj, o lesie na horysie. Zazola zawes, zazola zawes, aż to toliko zaczęło. Večera za kes, a večera za kes, oj, o lesi na hori si. Stukala soro, pa stukala soro, što divana od nadočka. Daj stojo moro. popular Ukrainian singer by the name of Mariana Sedovska with a cycle of spring-calling songs from Polisia. Up next, Pikaridiska Terzia, a fabulous a cappella group, one of my favorites from Ukraine. Here they are with a song about one of my favorite cities in Ukraine, Lviv. <laughs> Скроня і 
Знаєш, роби, та за щастям їй лиш до Львова. Стільки є вість, як не візвість, Срідло років на скронях і бровах. Де хочеш йти, і я знаєш, роби, Та за щастям їй лиш до Львова. Де хочеш йти, і я знаєш, роби, Та за щастям їдь до Львова. Now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. The State of Israel was created and built by Jewish settlers who came mainly from Eastern Europe. Among them were quite a few natives of Ukraine, then ruled by the Russian and Austro-Hungarian empires. Today's episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, part two of our series on the currencies of Ukraine and Israel, features Jews from Ukrainian territories who were awarded one of Israel's highest honors, their portraits depicted on banknotes and coins. As we learned in part one of our series, Israel's currency underwent several changes. From the Palestine pound in 1948 to the Israeli pound, or the Israeli lira, in 1952, to the shekel in 1980, and finally, in 1986, the Israeli new shekel, which remains Israel's official monetary unit today. Eight natives of Ukraine have figured prominently on Israel's currencies over the years. The poet Haim Naman Bialik was born in 1873 in the village of Ivnitsia, in what is today the Zhitomir Oblast, or province. Bialik is considered one of the pioneers of modern Hebrew poetry. His life coincided with the restoration of this ancient language, long considered a bookish dead language. He also wrote prolifically in Yiddish. Bialik spent his childhood and youth in Zhitomir. He received a traditional Jewish education, but also explored European literature. At age 18, he left for Odessa, where he studied literature as well as the Russian and German languages. He made his living teaching Hebrew until he secured a permanent teaching position. Eventually, he made his way into Jewish literary circles and became a member of the Zionist movement. Bialik began his prolific literary career writing about the plight of Jews facing anti-Semitic violence in Imperial Russia. He went on to become a highly acclaimed poet, as well as a literary editor, translator, and publisher. In 1921, as a result of mounting paranoia in the wake of the Bolshevik Revolution, the Soviet government closed the publishing house he helped establish in Odessa. That year, Bialik and other Hebrew writers left the Soviet Union and settled in Palestine. Although he died in 1934, before Israel became a state, Bialik ultimately came to be recognized as Israel's national poet. Bialik has influenced entire generations of Zionists, including tens of thousands who were exposed to his poetry as part of the Israeli school curriculum. He wrote Hebrew poetry at a time when it was far from clear that Hebrew would become the spoken language of the Jewish community in Israel. Haim Naman Bialik's portrait was featured on the 1968 10-pound banknote. At the beginning of the 20th century, Volodymyr Zayev Yabotinsky gained renown as a talented journalist and writer. He was born in Odessa in 1880. In 1903, a new wave of anti-Jewish pogroms erupted in the southern part of the Russian Empire, and Yabotinsky joined the Jewish self-defense and Zionist movements. Around this time, he began learning modern Hebrew and took the name Zave, which means wolf. 
At an early age, he began to devote his outstanding skills as a writer, orator, translator, and polemicist for the Zionist cause. Yabotinsky was a contemporary of Bialik, whose poems he translated from Hebrew into Russian. Yabotinsky also published the first Hebrew translation of Edgar Allan Poe's poems The Raven and Annabel Lee, among other literary works. In Ukraine, Yabotinsky is remembered for his friendly attitude towards the Ukrainian political movement of his day, and, in particular, the Ukrainian language. As well, Yabotinsky expressed support for Simon Petlura, who he did not believe was an anti-Semite or perpetrator of pogroms. Petlura was Ukraine's revolutionary president during the country's short-lived sovereignty from 1918 to 1921. The revival of modern Hebrew, social justice, and democracy are all values that Yabotinsky fought for. His lasting legacy can also be found in Israeli politics. Structures that were created under the influence of Yabotinsky's ideas, like the Bitar Youth Movement and the Likud Party, still exist in Israel to this day. Yabotinsky did not live to see the founding of the independent Jewish state. While visiting a Batar defense camp in New York in August of 1940, he suffered a fatal heart attack. In 1964, Prime Minister Levi Eshkol had Yabotinsky's remains transferred to Israel's National Cemetery on Mount Herzl, where a state memorial service is held every year at the Zayev Yabotinsky tomb. Zayev Yabotinsky was depicted on the 1980 100-shekel banknote. Levi Eshkol, the third Prime Minister of Israel, was born Levi Yitzhak Shkolnik in 1895 in the shtetl of Oratov in what is now the Venetia Oblast in Ukraine. After completing his education in Vilnius, at age 18 Eshkol emigrated to Palestine. During the First World War, he fought in the ranks of the Jewish Legion of the British Army, which Yabotinsky had helped form. In the State of Israel, Levi Eshkol was elected to the Second Knesset in 1951, and soon thereafter was appointed to key government roles. A founder of the Israeli Labor Party, he served in numerous senior roles, including Minister of Defense and Minister of Finance. In 1963, he replaced the legendary David Ben-Gurion as Prime Minister. Under Eshkol's leadership, Israel built from scratch— 22 cities, more than 200 farming communities, hundreds of factories, and thousands of schools, as well as hospitals, universities, roads, seaports, power stations, and a national water carrier, all while feeding, housing, employing, and schooling more than a million new immigrants. Eshkol ended the monopoly of Ben-Gurion state broadcaster Israel Radio and created an independent broadcast authority, modeled on the BBC. He was also the man who built the army that won the Six-Day War, one of military history's most stunning victories. He was the first Israeli leader to be formally invited to the White House. He was also the first Israeli prime minister to die in office. He died in 1969 of a heart attack. In 1984, Eshkol's image was chosen for the 5,000 shekel bill. It was replaced in 1985 by the five new Israeli shekel bill. Since 1990, his image is found on a limited yet circulated minting of the five new Israeli shekel coin that replaced the bill. Golda Meir, the most famous female politician in Israel, was born Golda Mabovich in Kiev in 1898. The future Israeli prime minister's early memories were not pleasant. Her first memory was of a pogrom, which thankfully did not take place. But the panic in her family home and the sounds and sights of anti-Semitic hostility in the streets left a lasting and bitter memory. Hunger and poverty also left their mark. In 1906, the family emigrated to the United States. Golda Meir never stepped foot in Kiev again. Unlike Yabotinsky, Meir considered Simon Petlura the main culprit behind the anti-Jewish pogroms in 1918-1920 to in Ukraine, which she mentions in her autobiography, My Life. 
Golda was educated in the United States, became a teacher, and married an American, Morris Meyerson. The couple emigrated to Palestine in 1921 and joined a kibbutz. In 1956, she became foreign minister under Prime Minister David Ben-Gurion. Upon her appointment, she shortened Meyerson to Meir, which means illuminate in Hebrew. In 1969, Golda Meir was elected Prime Minister of Israel. She was one of 24 signatories, of which two were women, of the Israeli Declaration of Independence on May 14, 1948. The 10 shekel note issued in 1985 featured a portrait of Golda Meir. It was removed from circulation in the 1990s. Meir was also featured on the 10,000 pound old shekel note prior to their replacement by the new shekel in 1980. Four other natives of Ukraine who have appeared on Israeli currency are Israel's second prime minister, Israel's second president, the first Hebrew-language writer to receive the Nobel Prize in Literature, and another contemporary of Bialik and literary powerhouse, whose recognition on Israel's currency caused considerable controversy. Join us to hear their stories in the next episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, Part 3 of this series on the currencies of Israel and Ukraine. In Part 4, Prominent Jewish Figures on the Currencies of Ukraine. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. medley of two folk songs, one Yiddish, one Ukrainian, performed by a group from right here in Vancouver, Tumbalalaika, and that medley was uh, Jankuya, 
the Yiddish song about a Crimean farm song extolling the virtues of work we do with our hands and uh, Ukrainian, of course, Pied Manula, that joking song about a woman who always leads men astray. And the musicians performing that song were uh, Wendy Bross-Stewart on piano, Claire Klein-Ossipov was the soprano, and Vanya Soychuk, the baritone, performing that medley of Jankuya and Pied Manula. This is CHMB, AM called Hrushji and a song called Pavuchok, a song about a spider. And up next is Ukraine's 2020 entry into the Eurovision contest, which I'm not sure if it's going to be taking place or if it is, it'll be a little bit different from the usual. Um, I guess we'll find out when the time draws nearer. But meanwhile, here is Go A with their live performance in the semifinals that got them into the finals. And here they are with Solove Nightingale. <laughs> Oh, 
Jean Berezovsky is one of the founders of Ukraine War Amps, and he's no stranger to Nasholus. Ukraine War Amps is doing amazing work to support Ukrainian veterans wounded in the war that Russia is waging on Ukraine. As well, they support the families of the fallen heroes. Jean has shared a few stories of these courageous people over the past few years. And it looks like this war isn't about to end soon, thanks to the fierce spirit of these incredible Ukrainian patriots and defenders of freedom. Their stories are inspiring and uplifting, and I'm so honored to announce that Jean has agreed to share them with us on a regular basis. And Jean joins me now by phone from Toronto. Thank you for joining us, Jean, and thanks for agreeing to do this project. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, we've spoken over the years since you started, five years now, you've passed your five-year anniversary, as of course has the war, we're into the sixth year of the war. Correct. Yeah. And so just tell us a little bit about war amps, Ukraine war amps, for those who haven't been listening to the show or new to the show and are not familiar with Ukraine war amps. You founded, this is a Canadian initiative that you founded with a beneficiary. John Broderick, yeah. Right. And he was a, a beneficiary of Canadian war amps. Well, yeah, we founded it uh, in 2014 in uh, July, myself and John Brodett of uh, Toronto. And our beneficiaries mostly maimed and injured Ukrainian veterans, kids of war, and families who lost their breadwinner in the war. And what you do is you're a nonprofit organization, so uh, people can make donations and not just a donation, but that you've got an adopt a soldier program where people actually make a connection with these people. So it's not just throwing money into a pot and having somebody else help, but people can actually connect. You can learn about what's going on and connect with real people and see where their donation is going, how it's helping people on the other side of the world, right? Yeah, and that's exactly the main source of uh, motivation for the giver because they know their money going to be well spent and uh, much needed. Yes, and all proceeds go to the, the veterans. You're doing this as a volunteer. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, Jean, the world right now is plunged into a lockdown. There is a pandemic going on, the COVID-19. Uh, we're all um, stuck at home. Most of us, except for the people that are, you know, essential services, bring, keeping us from starving to death and um, keeping all of our utilities going. But there is no lockdown at the Ukrainian front, is there, for the soldiers? No. There is, uh, in fact, we actually need more support during this challenging time because uh, people we are helping to, they are at risk. Those are injured, those are sick, and they are at higher risk during these pandemic times. So have you got a special fund specifically for this? Yeah, we we just announced uh, last week a COVID uh, emergency relief fund specifically for those wounded who are at risk because of their particular situation and current pandemic. So what is what is the situation there? How how are they uniquely at risk? Obviously they can't they're on the front. So it's not like they can self-isolate just because they're being shot at and and uh, attacked on a, just like as if nothing had happened. But now on top of the terrible conditions that you know, any soldier faces on the, on the front, they've also got this pandemic to deal with. So, uh, you know, uh, have, have you got people now like a special uh, facility to, uh, to quarantine or isolate them? Or what, what are you doing? So we have, uh, for instance, a wounded uh, in the uh, Cherkasa region, Alexander Behersky, who was supposed to, to go to a hospital for treatment, and uh, he got a refusal just because the hospital right now, at emergency state, it cannot accommodate him, but he still needs the treatment, and uh, he still needs uh, um, medication and a nurse uh, coming and visiting him. It's a Cherkasse region, right. Alexander Behersky I'm talking about. Right. 
and uh, what what's happening uh, his uh, his family has a wife and a kid and they obviously uh, scared they even scared to, to let uh, an assistant in and now they need funds to buy medication themselves and they need the uh, protection equipment like masks mm-hmm. so they can let, let uh, let's say a nurse go in and uh, and help them uh, with uh, treatment so that family the guy just cannot uh, receive treatment uh, he needs and he was burned like 40% of his body was burned oh. so yeah so it, this is an emergency situation and uh, again he's on jeopardy oh dear is ukraine able to get um this this equipment do they have a source for it i know here in canada we're uh, all, you know there's a huge shortage of masks for example has Ukraine got a source for for this equipment? So, pr- probably not. Probably not. So what uh, what I hear from Chernobyl region doctors don't have equipment, don't have enough protection uh, PPE equipment for themselves. Doctors and nurses clinic. So often treating patients unprotected themselves. So uh, situation is uh, really critical. Oh boy. So people can can make a donation just directly, whatever they can afford, because a lot of people are out of work now and and maybe don't have um, a whole lot to spare. You know, first of all, uh, I'd say uh, there is only one Ukraine, and uh, we're talking about people who sacrifice their health, the well-being of their families, their lives to protect Ukraine. So we just should look at this support through this aspect. It's also happy of uh, of giving, especially during Easter time. I believe is uh, is a proper thing to do. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. Especially with people in Ukraine, Easter is like the biggest for believers is the biggest Christian holiday. And like anywhere else in the world, um, you know, we're going to be stuck at home as opposed to you know gathering together in a joyful celebration so it's um even more sad and i think you know a lot of people are, while they're not at home or where they're at home they're not at work but still there's not that uh expenditure when you're out and about you're uh you're going to work there are expenses you know your your fuel if you're driving or transit or um you know lunches out things like that so um you know, look around for a few extra dollars to spare to help these people like this wounded soldier who is, his body is 40% um, burns, and yet he's also suffering from COVID-19, and he's got a family. While those of us here in North America, we're worried about uh, how we're going to pay the bills, chances are we'll be able to, and we'll be alive after this pandemic is over. That may not be the case for people who are on the front, like this poor soldier that you just told us about in Cherkasi. So, Jean, we have spoken in the past many times. You shared a few stories like this. But as I mentioned when we started, that you are going to be coming on and speaking with us on a regular basis, at least once a month, perhaps twice. And you'll be speaking with me in English. You'll be speaking with Oksana in Ukrainian. So... You'll be sharing these stories of these incredible patriots so people get an idea of what the reality is like uh, on the ground for these people and to have more of a connection and to understand what freedom is all about, what fighting for freedom is. Here in Canada, we take it for granted. In the Western world, we take it for granted. And it's dangerous to do something like that, isn't it? Because I guess Ukrainians took it for granted until Putin annexed uh, Crimea and then invaded eastern Ukraine. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it, it took everybody by Well, did it take everybody I, uh, by surprise? If we uh, go to elder population, to those who remember times of uh, war, uh, maybe a Second World War, they may recall that uh, the civilization was a kind of extreme situation and all those uh, values being relevant for them as well. So, yeah, we do take it for granted and it's probably good uh, because we want to live in peace and love. After all, if if your country needs you, you should be there for it. 
Absolutely. And uh, even for those that are not born in Ukraine, even perhaps have no ties to Ukraine, but this is a fight for freedom. I think the rest of the world, they're focused on China right now. They're focused on the COVID-19 pandemic. But uh, a lot of people don't understand what this war, Ukraine's fighting for freedom, not just for themselves, but really for the rest the entire world. And this has been the case with Ukraine fighting for freedom for, for centuries. They've been warding off a worse evil that people just don't even understand. If Russia wins and conquers Ukraine again, it'll be bad for everyone. Yeah, exactly. So tell us again the name of this uh, hero that you to- told us about in Cherkasy. Alexander Bohatsky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he volunteered uh, to front line in uh, 2015. His uh, car he was in got uh, a direct uh, fire from uh, enemy's line, and that's basically brought him to the hospital with uh, 40% of burns. And then a long story of uh, treatment began, and he's not able uh, to fully recover. He lives in a village, and he used to be a tractor driver, essentially mechanics and driver, and he's not able even uh, hold uh, the steering wheel now. Oh, dear. How old is he? Uh, he's like a 35-year-old. He has a 10-year-old kid. Will he, with proper treatment, um, would he have a recovery, full recovery, do you think, be able to have a more or less normal life? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, with proper treatment, yes, for sure. But he's not getting proper treatment right now. He's not getting proper uh, treatment. He lives in a village, which makes it even more challenging to uh, to get proper treatment, but also uh, funds and um, pandemic situation are on its way. So what kind of help would he be getting and what would it cost? Do you know? It's uh, something we can easily uh, find out as we have uh, volunteers who who's constantly in touch with Alexander and his uh, wife, uh, Lesia. So we can uh, definitely find out any details any needed uh, or missing information. Okay, this is the beauty of Ukraine war amps and uh, you're in touch with the people there. It's not just some agency depositing cash into an account. No, we are in direct touch with the family, of course. And so will the donors be? Yes, we encourage people because we call it a transparent bridge. That's what we do. We do, uh, we, we do build a bridge between a caring person in the world and our Ukrainian hero and his family. Fantastic. Well, Jean, we'll look forward to hearing the progress and, and hopefully full recovery of Alexander, as well as uh, about others who are in dire need of our assistance. So thank you, Jean, for telling us about Alexander and about the great work that you're doing. And for people who want to contact you and uh, get on board and, and help out with a donation of any amount, uh, how would they reach you? We can uh, be easily reached through our Facebook community group, Ukraine War Amps community group, also ukrainewaramps.ca and ukrainewaramps at gmail.com. Again, we are on Instagram and Twitter. So you can just go there and uh, find Ukraine Warhams. Okay, so social media is a place to find you as well. You have a website. It's ukrainewarhams.ca, correct? Correct. And soon you'll have a podcast of your own as well. I think our features that we do, your series here on Nasholos, you'll be offering as a podcast, hopefully, in the near future. We'll get that, help you get that set up so that people can simply um, subscribe to the podcast, get notifications when there's a new episode, and, and just keep in touch with what, what you um, are doing and uh, just get familiar with some of the people that you're helping and uh, just kind of, you know, keep on top of things that way as well. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, okay. Okay, Jean, so thank you so much. We will be back. Um, uh, I will, after this interview, we'll be setting up um, a regular series. You'll be telling us a little bit more in detail about people like Alexander and their situation. And um, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to um, connect and um, and go forward, but we'll start, first of all, with sharing the story, and that's always the most important thing. So 
So thank you so much, Jean. Yeah, and, that was awesome. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. And also, just one more thing before you go. Um, it's not like you don't have enough to do with Ukraine war amps, and uh, now you're doing Ukrainian language lessons. Yes, yes, yeah. Just, uh, you know, uh, for those who are curious, uh, welcome to join our lessons. Again, we announce on uh, our Facebook page. It's basically published in the YouTube on our Ukraine war amps channel. And Facebook has it all as well. Okay, so for those who want to brush up on their Ukrainian or or learn a little bit and um, even be able to speak half an appeal, which uh, which most people do nowadays, and uh, that's again follow Ukraine War Amps on Facebook, Twitter, all social media, Instagram as well. Keep stay in touch here uh, at Nash Holos, and we'll be giving you details about their um, upcoming podcast as well as. Um, just keep in touch here, and Jean will be making a regular appearance now uh, here on Nasholo. So thank you again, Jean. Good luck with your work. Um, Godspeed to you and, and all the heroes that you're helping. Thank you so much for doing this incredibly critical work to not only save lives, but to save freedom around the world. Thank you. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook.
the inimical Mickey and Bunny with Sonse Nizenko, Sunset, and before them, the female beat with the soldier's foxtrot. You've been listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver here on AM 1320 CHMB and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nasholos.com to find transcribed transcripts and archived audio files, a link to the Nasholos podcast and information about the show, as well as a link to our Patreon site. And that, again, is all at www.nasholos.com. And our proverb of the week translates as, Your tears won't help the poor. And with that, we've come to the end of our program, so we'll wrap it up with the Canadian Rhythm Masters from Winnipeg and St. Andrew's Polka. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! Holos now has a Patreon site, and I hope as a listener you'll consider supporting the show with a donation there. Nash Holos is not funded by government and has no corporate financing, so as little as a dollar a month will make a huge difference. Your money will be put to good use to help cover the myriad costs of keeping a show like this online and on the air. So please check out our Patreon page. There are links everywhere on the Nash Holos website, www.nashholos.com, or just go to patreon.com and search for Nash Holos. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.